Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Never too early to start thinking about death. You, you probably started when you were two. Oh, I, I out of the womb, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, this, this is going to end, huh? You came out complaining to your mom, I didn't agree to this! I did not agree to this. Gamble on, fellas, gamble on. <laughs> Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst, Jeff Edelstein. This week on Gamble On, strikes averted, strikes not averted, pick'em games permitted, pick'em games not permitted, big bets in Florida, big handle in New York, and some random little cable sports network released a new betting app, and we're going to talk about it. Also on the show today, we'll be welcoming Captain Jack Andrews to chat about his self-imposed Twitter exile. He's back now. And what to do when you're running cold. But first, as always, Eric, plenty of news to discuss. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week. An inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. We're going to take a different approach in the news segment this week, as we have one enormous story and several others worthy of mention. So 
we'll start with a supersized lead news item and then do four more items in lightning round fashion. Uh, so here's our lead story. ESPN Bet is here. It launched Tuesday afternoon at 3.40 Eastern. The ESPN brand is officially attached to a sportsbook. Uh, the actual operator, Penn Entertainment, essentially flipped the former Barstool Sportsbook into ESPN Bet. It looks similar, if not exactly the same. All the customer information carried over. If you had open futures bets with Barstool, they're still open with ESPN Bet. And the app launched with a nice sign-up offer for either new customers or existing customers. Placing a single bet of any size got you $250 in bonus bets. Plus, there's a deposit bonus that I can't possibly fully unlock before time expires. Uh, so that's the big news. Uh, perhaps the more discussion-worthy news, especially among us media types, is the employee guidelines ESPN distributed last Friday. Folks who work for ESPN are not to bet on sports they cover regularly or events they're working at. They can't share non-public information for betting-related purposes. And then there are vague guidelines like, quote, uphold our journalistic integrity and, quote, avoid conflicts of interest. Most of it is obvious and probably should have been in place before ESPN bet, although I don't know how enforceable any of it will be. There's a lot to discuss here. Figure we'll go back and forth more than usual on this one. Uh, Jeff, where do you want to start? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, this, you know, there's a lot, there, there's a lot to unpack. You know, the, yeah. the, the journalism stuff is, is interesting, you know, and it's going to be very interesting when NFL draft, NBA draft rolls around, right? When, mm -hmm. you know, these are information markets, they move, you know, one, you know, one tweet, you know, turns a, you know, plus 1,000 underdog into a minus 10,000 favorite in this right. stuff, you know? Um, and, you know, what was it? I guess it was last year. Uh, I can never Shams thing. Sure. Yep, yeah. yep. You know, with uh, Scoot Henderson, you know, and, you know, he, he had, you know, he was working with FanDuel a little bit. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting, right? I, I, and, you know, and, and I think there's going to be, um, outside of our bubble here, everyone's going to assume ESPN is in charge of the sports book. Right. You know what I mean? When right. it's just their name. So that that's going to cause issues. So I, I, I'm curious to see how it all plays out, but I guarantee that there is going to be, you know, listen, I, 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 I forget where I said it. Maybe I said it in the interview coming up with Jack, but like, this is to me, I think this is the most mainstream sports betting news to come out post PASPA. Right. Yes. And, and, and we haven't even touched on it yet. Like, we're just not there yet. But there's going to be, come a time, we know how this industry works. We know how people who bet work. We know that there's a lot of people that don't understand how it works or in this industry betting, right? There's going to be a controversy, okay? There's going to be a betting controversy that's going to drag ESPN into it, and it's going to get national headlines. Yeah. Very curious to see how the entire industry handles it at that point. Yeah, and I guess there, I guess... You know, that's like the main motivation, I think, for sending these guidelines out is that when that controversy comes and it will inevitably come, ESPN is trying to reduce its own culpability, if not if not eliminate it entirely. Like, I mean, you know, big picture takeaway from those guidelines, if you're concerned about betting related conflicts of interest now you should have also been concerned about them before you had your own branded sports book. You should actually have been concerned about them before Passport was overturned when surely back then you, you already had employees who were betting in Vegas or at offshores or whatever, but there's more scrutiny now, obviously. And so to me, the, these guidelines are 100% about image control. I mean, are the rules sensible about what people can't do? Yeah. Um, 
they, they again they probably should have been in place before they're fine rules to minimize the chance of conflict of interest that's related to betting but you know they're going to be hard to police and, and so to me clearly the point of distributing these guidelines is so that if an employee gets caught up in something espn can say not our fault it's on you we sent you these guidelines like this to me this is purely to shift the responsibility from the company to the individual should problems arise uh although whether that'll work whether that'll keep espn from being at the center of whatever firestorm awaits uh you know i'm, I'm not sure but that's I, I think that's their main goal here is now it's on you we told you we, we told you to be careful yeah you know it's, i'm looking at the app right now they don't currently have i mean not not all books do but mo- many do they do, but they don't currently have like the nfl draft props up there right now yeah, that'd be that'll be interesting whether they'll whether there's any chance they won't have I think it's possible. betting on I those mean, sort of markets. If, yeah, yeah, if I if I'm ESPN bet, if I'm Penn, I I do not offer those markets because you at that point you really are asking for trouble. Yeah. As, yeah, I hadn't thought about it. That's I mean that's that is probably the right way to approach it, especially with the fact that sports books have said over and over they lose money on 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 uh, on draft markets. So it's it's the only risk you're taking by not doing it is losing customers to other sports books who want to bet on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would if I were in charge, I would definitely not offer those markets because you're, again, you're just you're 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 almost guaranteeing that you know you're going to court trouble because. Who's more connected than the ESPN people? You know what I mean, right? Like you know, they, they, you know, they're going to have the news. As far as the app itself goes, uh, it's a fine app. I mean, there's not you know, uh, you know, comparing it to like the rest of the quote unquote soft books out there, you know, it it holds its own. I think it's pretty fast, pretty intuitive, pretty clean looking. Um, navigating it, kind of easy. Uh, they offer a few things. I think I mentioned it later. Also, like they, you know, they have a no market for touchdowns, which right. is nice. You don't you don't see that most of the time. Uh, the giving, you know, I know we had talked about this previously. Like what they, what were they going to do? But yeah, giving away the the, the free bets to everybody. Very mm-hmm. smart. I've already yep. lost fifty dollars uh, in a two t two two leg parlay last night in the NBA. Yeah, but but you didn't. Uh, you lost a fifty dollar bonus bet. That's right. That's you right. lost no dollars. I lost no dollars. Right. I, but I lost possible dollars i was i was <laughs> you, sad I you lost the opportunity to win dollars true yeah true. but it's um, nice they, it's nice that they gave it to us because that 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 guarantees i'm downloading the app it guarantees yep. i'm going to take a look at it you know it guarantees all of it yeah that that touchdown no touchdown market and the fact that you can parlay them together uh i've already uh uh risked one of my bonus bets on on a three-leg Yes, touchdown. No touchdown. No touchdown. Parlay. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that one does. But um, yeah, I, I have relatively little to say myself about the app or the launch, uh, except that it, you know it seemed to go smoothly. Um, everyone in the industry was expecting it to happen at, at three Eastern because that was the leaked plan. But ESPN right. never officially announced that anywhere, so you know there was no real official delay. Uh, it launched on November fourteenth, as promised. Um, yeah, looks good. Looks like a mobile sports book. Uh, I opened yeah. an account using promo code handle obviously as all patriotic americans should um you know gives me one more out now replacing the one i lost a little while back in fox bet um but just a quick uh semi-funny story about opening my account um i had a typo in my phone number that i entered while signing up Uh, i didn't notice it at the time i just entered my information was logged in funded the account 
made my first little bet to unlock the bonus bets, logged out. The next time I went to log in, I get the please enter the six-digit code we texted you. Mm. That's weird. I didn't get a code. Uh, All right, try again. Still no code. And the second time, I notice it says what number the code was texted to, and it's one digit off from my phone number. So uh, so I had to get in the queue for live chat. Uh, 143rd in line uh, shortly after ESPN bet had launched. Not the best time to be sitting in the live chat. Took about a half hour, but uh, once my turn came up, it was easily resolved. All good. But uh, a little lesson there. Check carefully that you inputted your phone number correctly. Uh, it's not it's not like an email or password that they make you type twice to confirm it's correct. You just uh, get it in there with a typo, and you won't know it until the next time you try to log in. Let me ask you a question. When you are not looking to bet, but just looking to see what the lines are, just, oh, I'm curious, what what's the over-under here? What if, yep. You know, like when you're mm-hmm. just, where, do, do, is there one app that you go to specifically? Uh, this will sound like some sort of uh, company plug, uh, but I, I often go to VegasInsider.com and just because okay. they have a bunch of odds all next to each other, and I can see then uh, among the sports books that I have accounts for, is there one that I like? So that's right. that's become like my first go-to. But if I'm just on my phone and I'm not going on their website, I don't. If they have an app, I don't have it. Um, so uh, in terms of a sports book app. Yep. Uh, yeah, at the risk of uh, pissing off uh, the other sports books listening, FanDuel is the one that whose lines I tend to just glance at first. All right, it's interesting. So for me, it's DraftKings. There's no reason. There's no good. Re- there's no right. good reason why that why that is. But uh, it's DraftKings, and actually, there might be a good reason. Now that I think about it because DraftKings every day they have to me to my eye the the, the most promos like. 25% bonus here, 30% bonus there. So I always want to scroll through them anyway to see if there's anything I like. But it's DraftKings. So I think for, you know, this this has to be like the goal of any app, yes. yeah. period. But specifically here, you want to be the app that people just go to like as, you know, when they're not betting. You know what I mean? Like right. where they go to check. Because and the truth of the matter is, while I try to be a smart better and try to get the best line, blah, 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 there's times I'm like, ah, you know, I really like this game. Yeah. I really like, and I just boom, bum, done. You know, <laughs> all right, you know, maybe it's minus, I, I'm getting minus 115. I could get minus 113 somewhere else. I know that I'm wrong. I don't feel like spending the three minutes to do it. Yeah. Just, just spit it out and be done with it. You yeah. Know? That's, it's... that's what ESPN, that's what they got to do. They got to become that app. Yeah. It's amazing how lazy we are based on how easy everything else is that that you know it's just like uh, you know i i don't want to uh touch that button on the remote that's going to change from this input to that input so i can go on an app instead of a cable channel or, or whatever like we used to get up and walk over to the tv and and turn the knob and now we're like so spoiled that one extra button push is is just too much effort to much. to con- consider and so right. same with this i'm on an app i see a bet yeah that seems good I could check the other three apps uh, real quick and then come back, but nah, uh, I'm logged in. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bet ten bucks and and, yep, uh, and yep, be done with yep. it. Yeah, um, I have a, a couple of additional thoughts just from the the media perspective on on these guidelines and all that. Uh, two two other things I really want to hit here is um, the notion of avoid conflicts of interest. Um, you know, I, I get wanting to minimize conflicts wherever possible, but there is not a single employee at your company. ESPN or, or just about anywhere in media who doesn't have conflicts of interest, like putting it in terms that uh, that I've been thinking about for like almost 20 years since uh, a boxing media colleague of mine, Dan Raphael, was was hired away from USA Today and went to ESPN.com where he stayed for like 15 years or so. He was covering a sport for ESPN.com 
that ESPN was invested in. ESPN televised fights. So every time he or his editors are deciding whether to cover a fight, there's a conflict of interest. Is is a fight on ESPN getting even 1% more coverage on ESPN.com than it should compared to a fight on, say, HBO? Um, and I can tell you for a fact, if you go on ESPN.com's boxing page right now, the coverage is slanted toward hyping ESPN's fights. That's just one example, but... Everyone in the media who isn't simply like operating their own personal substack without advertisers has a conflict of interest. It's it's the way things have gone. So I just I find it laughable to say avoid conflicts of interest. They are unavoidable at mm. every turn. It should say reduce conflicts of interest and, and it basically should say when in doubt, don't bet. I think that's what they're really right. ultimately trying to communicate. Yeah, no, that's that's I mean, I'm I'm kind of, yeah, they they, they should maybe even just put it in don't bet. Don't just maybe don't bet if you cover sports. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, that leads into the other thing I wanted to, to discuss. Then is that it, it, these guidelines uh, bring up the conversation I had with Doug Kazarian a few weeks ago. Doug was with ESPN. He left over the summer, started his own venture in the sports betting media space. He's a fairly serious better. He lives in Vegas, and he was specifically saying to me that the key to his content is that every bet he recommends. He's betting it himself. He's putting right. his money behind it. And he said, you know, the folks at ESPN and elsewhere, they're often recommending a bet, but not betting it themselves. And to him, that's problematic. Now, if you're at ESPN, in most cases, you can't make the bet you're recommending, you know, at least if it's related to your right, specific right, right. sports beat. You know, I like Joe Fortenbaugh, who we had on recently, maybe because he's a generalist and not covering a specific sport, maybe he can still bet. I don't know. But you know, if you're an ESPN NFL expert and you're giving your weekend best bets in an article, you are not allowed to put your money behind them. And I, I wonder if Doug knew that an edict like this was coming and that that was a decisive factor in his in in him leaving. You know, if if I stay at ESPN, I'm going to have to stop betting on sports and I, I don't want to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that if they're, they didn't quite say don't bet, but basically they're saying the bets that you are going to be attaching your name to on the screen, on the website, on the app, whatever, you're not actually putting your money behind. You're not allowed to. All right. Over under on months before the New York Times writes something <laughs> a little like you know, that, that you know, paints ESPN bet in, in not the best light. Hmm. When is like, when is like peak getting people's interest, uh, peak traffic for this. Like, I feel like they're, I, I wouldn't put it in months. I'm, I'm feeling like we're talking weeks. Like they're probably not waiting, <laughs> not, not waiting till the new year. That's kind of my guess. All Maybe right. sometime mid December. Mm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go months. I'm going to put it at uh, like uh, four and a half months. Okay. Just that they'll take a little they, longer to do the deep dive, uh, talking to various sources before they're ready to, or they're kind of waiting for a full on scandal to break and then build it I around that. I, I think, I, I don't think it's gonna be a full on scandal. I think it's going to be like uh, something that is blown a little bit out of proportion. That's, right. that's what I think it's going to be because ESPN is such a big name. Disney's such a big name. Like if you're, if you're, you know, if you're a journalist who, covers anything related to this and has the slightest lean against sports betting, which there right. are plenty of people. Sure. You're just waiting to, to pounce on a little, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Ethan Gate, right. From 2015. Right. right? right. Like, eh, was it, was it, eh, you know, yes, uh, there was problems, but was it what, you know, did it deserve the coverage I got? Like not even close, you know, as far as I know, you know, right. but, uh, and I could see something similarly happening here, but, <laughs> 
We'll see. Similarly, we'll my yeah. big t- my big takeaway from this conversation is actually just the great point you raised about about NFL and NBA draft markets, and mm. I am very curious to see if ESPN Bet will will have those uh, those markets. That'll be I guess Might we won't know until. Might be worth the story. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 you know what? Let's talk Steelers. to someone at ESPN Bet and and find out uh, what they're planning. Oh, yeah. never mind. You have to go through 18 levels of PR these days. <laughs> Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round of news? Lightning round. All right. Got my hand on the buzzer. <laughs> First story here is actually tough to discuss in total lightning round fashion, but, you know, we can just scratch the surface for now, and I'm sure we'll come back to it more in the future. Pick'em fantasy operators are scrambling Buzz to off. Underdog. <laughs> That is correct. Good job. On to the next topic. Uh, so, I was, as I was saying, uh, Pick'em Fantasy operators are scrambling to offer legal products, and legal sportsbook operators are debuting new, somewhat Pick'em derivative products. Uh, Underdog, as mentioned just now by Jeff, has new peer-to-peer contests that are more like DFS. Uh, Prize picks switched from real money games to free-to-play games in Michigan, and DraftKings unveiled progressive parlays on Tuesday, which is not a brand new product. It's just new to DraftKings. Uh, the whole murky scene just keeps getting murkier. Uh, Jeff, your uh, quick big picture or small picture thoughts? Yeah, how about this? Anytime that you're putting money on a sporting event, we're just going to call it gambling. Mm-hmm. Is it fantasy? Is it sports betting? The answer is yes. It's it's gambling. <laughs> let's Let's put the regulators out of business and just be done with this already. I like that idea. It makes sense. Makes too much sense. Yeah. It's never going to happen, but nope. uh, it's logical. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's increasingly clear where this is headed for for underdog and prize picks and so forth. Whatever one may think of whether their pick'em product qualifies for the UIGEA carve out, the authorities are lined up against them, and, and and it seems now like they're resigned to finding other lanes. Yeah, and to be to be honest, like, I I I've long to, I've I've been waiting honestly, for this, for what Underdog is doing, this DFS sports betting mashup. Give me a large field, you know, guaranteed prize pool game where I'm picking over-unders, you know, against other people. I think that's fun. Sure. Yeah. You know, come come to New Jersey, please. You know, I'm ready for it. For real, like, you know, give me, you know, give me a menu of like a hundred different things to pick from and I got to pick eight of them. I got to make a lineup, put salaries next to them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's fun. Yeah, I'd, I, I'd be a hundred percent all in on that. No, I mean it sounds like a great new way for you to lose money on uh, predicting what's going to happen in the NFL. 
hundred percent. Um, and, and speaking of that, just these progressive parlays, I'm going to give it a shot, but, uh, it's going to suck when I actually go 10 for 10 on something and win a fraction right. of what yeah, I otherwise right. would have run. That, that's the inevitable outcome, right? That's the inevitable outcome. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, as we discussed last week, the Hard Rock Bet app is back in Florida on a limited basis, uh, but the bet sizes are very much not limited. One better got down a four-leg same-game parlay that won what is believed to be a record $5.5 million, while another better lost more than $1.5 million across two bets on Kent State football against Bowling Green. The sportsbook also took a million-dollar bet on the Sixers-Pistons spread. Jeff, do we just say the words Florida man and move on, or, or, or do you have thoughts beyond that? I mean, I'd love to know if it's one person doing this or if it's mm. like a, a groups of people. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'd also like to know where these people were betting before, you know, things went legal. You know? <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, I mean, is it possible that, like, we don't realize that the biggest whales in sports betting are residing in sunny Florida? I mean, is this who knows? I don't know. Seems uh, that way. Per- it seems that way. Maybe the Seminole tribe is just simply the most aggressive bookmaker in history and just says, yeah, we will take everybody. <laughs> Name your price. We'll, we're taking the bet. Yeah. That's 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 what I'm curious to see is whether I guess I guess I'll say this, that Hard Rock Bet had better not be limiting anyone. If some betters can <laughs> wager a million bucks, there better not be other guys being told their max is seven bucks or something. Yeah, but, yeah I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is I mean, I, I guess, hard, you know, what's what is the deal? I don't, hard Rock is wholly owned by the Seminoles. Is that is that correct? I don't know who owns who or if they're just considered partners. Uh, right. I'm not the right person to ask. But yeah, I mean, all the all the Seminole casinos in Florida have long been branded Hard Rock, at least. So right. to me, they're one and the same, even though yeah. I'm sure there's some distinction that I ought to know as a alleged professional in this industry. Same. Maybe we okay. should delete all this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, our, our listeners know that we uh, we don't know shit about half what we're talking about. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, next up, uh, it took about five and a half years post-PASPA, but we have our first month with a single state crossing the $2 billion barrier in betting handle. That state, of course, was New York. The month was October, which, with its five Sundays, saw a record $2.006 billion wagered. And for what it's worth, FanDuel moved back ahead of DraftKings in New York handle. But uh, yeah, $2 billion. Big number. Not sure this requires much analysis, but if you have any, the floor is yours, Jeff. I just want to give you my favorite math fun fact. Okay. 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 So, gather around, everybody. <laughs> uh, the, you hear, oh, a million this, a million that. This guy's a millionaire. He's got a million bucks. This guy's a billionaire, a billion bucks. You know, we know intellectually that there's a difference between a million and a billion, right? But our brains have a very hard time uh, with big numbers, right? If I tell you to picture an apple in your head, you could picture an apple. I tell you to picture five apples, you could picture five apples. Say now, all right, picture 25 apples. Getting a little bit harder, but you're doing it. You got the grid five by five. Sure. If I tell you to picture 3,000 apples, you're fucked. You're, you're done. <laughs> right. You know, you have to be, you know, some kind of special brain in order to do that, right? So what's the difference between a million and a billion? Well, how many seconds, you know, a million seconds ticks off the clock. How, how long is a million seconds? Do you want me to answer that? Because I don't know. A uh, few weeks? Yeah, it's, a, it's, about, it's about 12 days. Okay, about, all right. A little less than 12 days. So all if right. I gave you a dollar a second, in 12 days, you'd be a millionaire. Okay. A billion seconds. <laughs> uh, a thousand times more. Exactly, but <laughs> which is almost 32 years. Wow, okay. All right, so you want to become a millionaire at a dollar a second? 
it'll take you 12 days. You want to become a billionaire at a dollar a second, it's going to take you 32 years. So, yeah, $2 billion wagered, that's a shit ton of fucking money. <laughs> I like the way you explained that. This is uh, that, that's good good perspective. Well done. You should, you should teach a class or something. All right, it's my favorite math fact. Yeah, that's a good fact. It's, it's um, also my only one, but it's... <laughs> if you're only going to have one, that's a good one to have. But to, to give you an idea of, of, of how of my math prowess, I, we, I don't understand multiplication, if the, the time zero rule. Because if I have like five sheep and I multiply it by zero sheep, shouldn't I still have five fucking sheep? No, I don't uh, know. No, I know I shouldn't, but, like, <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, uh, well, you, you're, I guess that's not how... I don't that's know. Not how it you... works. I know. Works. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how to respond. I feel. I feel Where now. I feel fuck? now. I feel like I'm talking to a four year old and trying to <laughs> and just have to say like, sorry, that's that's not the way it works. I don't know. I can't explain it to you that's any better than that. Yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, um, but the so my quick comment on the on the two billion is just and this ties into what you were saying about uh, about the massive bets being uh, being made in Florida. Just think about how much money is being bet every month with offshores untaxed, particularly yeah. in, in California, Texas, even Florida, yeah. with it's still very limited option. That should be the takeaway for lawmakers in states that don't have sports betting or that only have one or two operators, that every month citizens of your state are betting way more money than you think at offshore books. Whatever yeah. you think the number is, it's, it's higher, higher than that. I'm not sure if it's the a, a million to a billion uh, differential, it but it's pretty big. Yeah, yeah it might be. All right. Uh, last item here is about the casino labor strikes. It's a mix of good news and bad news uh, on the Las Vegas Strip. The culinary union reached deals last week one by one with the major operators, meaning the CEOs won't have to 10 bar or clean rooms during F1 week. Uh, but in Detroit, the strikes are still going. They're nearing the one month mark. The unions are calling for a boycott of iGaming in the state. And the October casino revenue was the lowest in a non-pandemic month since 2001. Uh, Jeff, got any thoughts? Uh, or are you boycotting providing analysis here in solidarity with the unions? Well, to be clear, they're not calling for a boycott of all iGaming, just the three iGaming sites connected to the three casinos in Detroit. That's true, right. So okay. that, that's interesting. Um, and yeah, sure, I'll boycott providing analysis and solidarity with my union brothers. You know, I'm, I happen to be in two unions myself, so you know, it's, it's yeah, you know, Roger, no rerun, no rent. <laughs> Back to that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, our friend Richard Schuitz nailed it a couple of days before the deal started being reached in Vegas. He said the F1 event gives the unions too much leverage for a deal not to get done, and he was right. right. Uh, so I would guess there will be a deal in Detroit too, if and when the workers get some serious leverage i i think these this much lower revenue for the casinos is a start so so i would figure that sometime soon the casinos will say that the concessions to the union demands will cost us less than these strikes are costing us so let's make a deal yeah i mean there's always a settlement so eventually you know, yeah we'll get there yep it's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling let's get to the gamble on interview All the podcast guests over the years who've named themselves after Billy Joel songs, none has made more gamble on appearances than Captain Jack Andrews, who, by his own count that I lazily did not confirm, is joining us now for the fourth time. For those who don't know, Jack is a longtime professional gambler and advantage player, and he is the co-founder of Unabated, a site that gives sports bettors the tools and advice they need to be 
either a little smarter or a little less dumb, depending on your perspective. Jack, thanks for joining us once again on Gamble On. Oh, thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm glad you have not booked Piano Man because uh, he's a good guest as well. <laughs> he was unavailable this week. Um, so I, I'm going to start with a question focused more on you than on the industry we all work in. Uh, you recently took a little social media break. And as best I can tell, it was at least partially connected to you now being an entrepreneur and having to deal with customers on social media. Your break is over. You're back on Twitter. Uh, Two part question. Was the break helpful? And now that you've been at it for a couple of years, what's more stressful, running a business or the swings of being a professional gambler? Uh, yeah, I did. I did take a break. I, I just it was I wasn't a happy person in my everyday dealings. And it was largely related to the stress I was putting on myself. Uh, and, and a large part of that was my social media presence. And I didn't like the person that I was kind of turning myself into. So I decided to try a break. Here's what they don't tell you about taking a break from Twitter. Twitter still tries to pull you back in every chance they get. They send you emails saying, hey, this is what people are saying online about you. This is what the people that used to you know, make your blood pressure rise. This is what they're saying now. So you, you end up getting sucked back in. And the other thing is, is Twitter says, we're going to delete your account if you stay deactivated for 30 days. Oh, wow. So you kind of have to decide, is you want it to be a 30-day break or a lifetime break? And uh, so I decided to, to reactivate it, maybe take a little different approach this time and not let things get to me as much. Now, the second part of your question, uh, it's probably still tougher to be a professional gambler. Uh, running a business is, is hard because you have other people that rely on you. There are other people that are affected by the decisions you make. Whereas when I was, when I am a professional gambler, I'm self-employed and I'm my own boss and my own worst employee, but uh, that's still more stressful than it is uh, the business. The business is actually going very well. So that's kind of helping us and helping me. Uh, and that's also one of the reasons that I decided, you know what, I don't need to be super stressed about everything that's going on in my life and uh, maybe take a, a better approach to things. And social media uh, issues aside, are you generally happy with sort of the, the the balance? I would think that like having a business without it being your whole thing, because you're still a professional gambler, that there's like a, a nice mix there in terms of uh, how you spend your working hours? Oh, my my life balance in terms of my my professional gambling and and unabated is totally out of whack. It's all okay. towards unabated. It really okay. is. It's it really eats into the amount of time that I have to uh, bet as much as I used to. But I still I'm able to do that as my primary source of income. So it's it's still paying the bills. But yeah, it's you know running a business is a lot of work, and I I just I'm just involved in content. You know, we have people that are developers. We have people that are. Uh, doing doing marketing and research and things like that. They're you know they're just as busy as I am. It's amazing just how complicated a simple business is. There's a lot of people that think it's Rufus and Jack and maybe some coder from Fiverr.com who's putting it all together. No, this is a legit legit business with uh, a lot of people behind the scenes. You know, as I'm, as you and everyone else is aware, uh, Sports Channel recently launched. Oh no, not Sports Channel. I'm sorry, it's ESPN. ESPN just launched a, uh, a sports book. Did you get it? Have you? You know, we're we're about uh, you know 16 hours since launch. Have you done a deep dive into it yet? Have you looked at it? What, what, any thoughts? Well, it's the, it's the same book that they had before with Penn Gaming. Uh, it's a few differences. It's a different... I've noticed a few differences. 
I'm okay. I, I'm ready to blow some minds here. Did you know, for instance, they're offering no on touchdowns? Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. That's something you don't see anywhere else, right? Outside of like uh, the circus and such. Yeah. For individual players. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. It's not bad. It's pretty good, right? So there's there's one I thing. Like- there's there's one thing. I'm wor- to be fair. I'm working on a review of it right now, so I, I am doing the deepest dive imaginable into ESPN. But but I mean, but it's for real. Like, what what are your th- your your initial thoughts on it? And more importantly, I think your long-term thoughts on it, like, you know, it, it, you know, I, as far as I can tell, before you answer, this seems, I, I think, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, you know, we're obviously we're in this little bubble of ours here, right? But this has to be the most mainstream sports betting thing that's happened post-PASPA, right? You, you follow what I'm saying? So I feel like, you know, this is like, I, this is big news outside of just our little bubble, it feels like. So with all that said, your thoughts on the app and your thoughts on the future, uh, you know, where, where you, do, do you think they, they will eventually be able to compete with, you know, the big guns? My thoughts on the app, I the, it's a very solid app in terms of the functionality. It's been used by the score in Canada. It was used by Barstool here in the U.S. Uh, you know, it's, it's a solid ground up build of an app. When it comes to what will be the success of ESPN bet, you th- you got to think there's a dichotomy here of they could be Skybet in the UK, which has been wildly successful over there. Similarly, it you know it's branded to a sports channel, or they could be Foxbet, which is obviously a story of a failed venture here in the US. It is curious to me they're following all the steps of Foxbet when that's the story of how what not to do. Uh, you know, lock it in became Foxbet Live. Daily Wager became ESPN Bet Live. Uh, we use these on-air personalities and we put them in our thumbnails and they look like they're inviting you to come bet. Um, same thing that Fox did. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of brand it into everything that is ESPN. And of course, we know the parent company of ESPN is Disney and there's some a little bit of paradox there. Uh, but look, I hope ESPN Bet does well. But in a way... You also have to figure that if they do well, that's going to invite larger corporate sponsors of sports betting. And I'm not sure that's a great thing. You know, eventually we're going to have a Google sports book or a Facebook sports book, um, face sports book. <laughs> so, I, you know, be careful what you wish for. Um, do, how much how much of the the market share do I think ESPN bet is going to get? Uh, I was talking to Matt Ribotowski and he was asking me what I thought in terms of the market share they could get to. And I think he set the over under number around like 15 or 16%. I think that's a little aggressive. I think they will be a high single digit, maybe 10% tops player in the market, which I know you guys just did your list for 2020 seven or something right. right. <laughs> uh, which well, that was fun uh <laughs> so I, I think they're going to be around the low end of that uh be, lower than bet mgm and lower than caesars in my yeah. my opinion i think they were smart uh in giving everyone the the 200 bucks and bonus bets basically like that that forces you to at least you know download it log on you know and, and get a little action there yeah, that, that was a nice touch. I really didn't expect him to do that. I didn't expect it either. So that was a nice touch. I also think the previous limits have been lifted. Now, I don't know this, but I was li- I was limited to a few hundred bucks on sides. I went in there this morning, 
and they also they they pulled the FanDuel thing, which is good. You type in like five 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 five, and it'll tell you what your what your max is. And I, I'm up to five thousand bucks on uh, spreads, and I think I was thirty five hundred on money line, if I'm thinking correctly. But I mean, I I, I know I was limited previously, and I'm not limited this morning. I don't know how long that lasts, but we'll anecdotal evidence I've seen is that the limits carry over. But right. you know, we'll see. So uh, about a month ago, Jack, you appeared on a G2E panel about sharps and squares, and uh, you listened to the podcast. You you know that I put Mike Seeley, uh, who, who wrote about that panel, on the spot and, and asked him who was the smartest of all the smart people on that panel, and he named Alex Kane over you. Um, so uh, I, I do have a real question here, but first, uh, I'm just curious how deeply offended you are by, by what Mike uh, said. <laughs> Alex Kane is so good at panels. I, I kind of <laughs> sat there and took mental notes. He came in with all these talking points and these uh, short lists of things that he could rattle off his head. And he did, we didn't know the questions ahead of time. And he was actually a late substitution for someone else. So mm. I was very impressed by Alex's appearance on that panel. Uh, I'm, I'm not offended at all. Okay, good. Conceding. All right. Um, so uh, the real question, though, um, has the situation improved for sharp betters in the past couple of years with with the exchanges and Circa and, and Prime? And this ties in with what Jeff was just saying about about limiting. You know, has it improved or, or does it pretty much still suck if you're a sharp better who's trying not to use the offshores? Look, I'm a sharp better. I'm going to tell you it sucks because I'm going to constantly be pushing people to encourage them to innovate in this market because. Honestly, as a sharp better, the thing that I need the most is variety. I need different opinions of lines. I need to be able to line shop between books. I actually probably need a lot of recreational sports books that I can kind of pick off here and there. But I also need sharp books to help shape the market so that I know where the the recreational books are the most wrong. Uh, I need a lot of surface area to to find that I can... Uh, pick off things at sports books. So the more sports books, the more variety of sports books, the better. We're so heavily weighted f- with these recreational books that follow the same script that that's why I encourage a lot of sharp books to come into the picture. Maybe they'll put a little weight on uh, the Cambys of the world to say, oh, I guess we can't limit everybody. We got to take some bets and, uh, you know, slowly move the market towards where the the meaty middle is where everybody gets to to take a taste of the of the tree so yeah uh we're better than we were and i love the exchanges i love the innovation they bring to the market there's a lot of things those exchanges are doing that haven't been done before even by other exchanges elsewhere in the world that's great we're seeing a lot of uh sports books try to compete on more than just promotions they're trying to compete on better pricing they're trying to compete on more variety of things. I like to tell people in five to 10 years, we won't be betting sports the same way we bet sports today. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the major change will be, but there's going to be a change. This market has too much capitalistic momentum to not breed innovation into the market. All three of us are in states where there's at least a fair amount of uh, options to choose from between New Jersey and Pennsylvania that, that we have a, a, quite a few books, uh, New Jersey especially. But how frustrated are you when you see some of these newer states coming online and having one book, two books? Uh, is it, you know, as, does it basically prevent anyone from wanting to be in those states if they're a sharp better and, and just prevent 
the development of sharp betters when they only have one or two sports books to choose from? Oh, absolutely. And it also, look, the the most basic thing you can do to make yourself sharper as a better is to line shop, is to try to find the best price. If you're in Florida, yes, the Hard Rock Bet app is great. I heard I hear Jeff sing its praises all the time, but it's only your one out and that's going to hurt you. Uh, they have lousy teaser odds. So if you, you find yourself saying, oh, I want to make a teaser this NFL week and you look at the price, you go, that's so incredibly awful that I need to go see what they have at Bovada and Bet Online and the offshore books because you're just going to be driven that way because of lack of choice, because you're just a, a little bit more of an educated consumer. You know to look for, for price. So that's where a lot of these states are doing themselves dirty by not providing any options for other sports books for people to uh, shop lines at, and it drives them offshore despite all their best efforts. So I, I, last question for you, for me is, is, uh, it, it's more, you know, wide ranging here in that. So I even, you've been, I, I, I'm writing this for my NFL column this week and, and you were the first and only person that I went to, to ask this question because you've, you're, you're, you know, you've seen it all in this business, I think. And, and I think you really have a, a grounded sense of it all, but I am running as cold as I've ever run in my life right now. Uh, I'm specifically a DFS player, but I use my DFS work to you know bet player props and the last you know and you know the nfl season you know you're like oh it's only sunday but it's really not like you know it's it's all week long you're you know and you know there's a little bit of burnout that comes you know as we're entering like you know week 10 week 11 so between the burnout between me just completely shitting the bed with everything i've been doing for like the last month what advice do you have for me but you know for (laughs) what advice do you have for people like who when this does happen, I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to other people where you kind of like you think you're doing everything right. You don't think you've changed like your, you know, your methods or whatever, but you're just running headfirst into a brick wall week after week. <laughs> Everybody goes through that. Right. I mean, that's I can't look. I could tell you sob story after sob story of times when I've just had incredible bad beats all strung together. Uh, it, you have to deal with it. You, that's part of the whole gambling process is you have to be willing to take losses and I, as I said back to you, I, I did create a video back in 2020 in my pandemic hair days where <laughs> I uh, talked about how to deal with uh, the NFL season if you've gotten halfway through and kind of the blooms off the rose. And the number one thing is narrow your focus. Start to focus on things that are a little bit easier to understand. Right now in the NFL, we have a lot of variance due to these quarterbacks are dropping like flies. And there's a lot of really bad quarterbacks that are stepping into the fray. And that affects the entire team. The quarterback is the most crucial point of any NFL team. It affects everything. So focus on games where you know what quarterback you're going to get. And uh, focus on positions that not necessarily focus on the quarterback passing yards or whatever. Focus on uh, the receiving yards for the tight end. You know, really narrow your focus down to see who's doing what and who they're going up against in the following week. And, and, you know, don't try to beat everything about the NFL. Don't try to be projecting kicker points when uh, you're barely surviving on running back rushing attempts, things like that. Uh, And then the other thing is, you know, don't be afraid to take your foot off the gas pedal. Yes. The NFL is only 18 weeks and everybody feels like I got to get my bets in because it's not going to be here. And, you know, uh, that commercial that FanDuel uses where like a, 
a cold night in Buffalo is only going to be a cold night in Buffalo or something like that. Like everybody feels like this FOMO that if they don't bet the NFL, they're missing out. It's okay. You know, maybe switch over to another sport or maybe just don't bet for a little while. Um, Those are viable options. So what I'm hearing is you're guaranteeing I'm going to win the Millie Maker this week? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Definitely. that's That's what I needed to hear. What I really need to give you guys is advice on the the little podcast bankroll here. This is uh, guys, <laughs> it's, guys. It's, it's not it's not it's it's going in very much the wrong direction. Uh, do I mean do you have a, a particular uh, sharp side for us this week that we that we ought to be betting? We haven't we haven't recorded the the bankroll segment yet. No, well, my advice to you is uh, don't tease totals. They seem to slip in a lot, and I know there's a lot of low totals out there, and it's very tempting to <laughs> to tease them. Okay. Uh, don't tease totals. Um, you're the other thing is, is I noticed you're, you're doing a lot more parlays because you're so deep in the red that you're like, we just, we can only afford to bet a little (laughs) win win a lot when we bet a little, I'm a bad influence. That is viable thinking. However, parlays are probably not the way to do it. Uh, and then the other, the one other thing is you both have really strong strengths. Eric has an incredible boxing knowledge. Uh, Jeff is funny. (laughs) <laughs> and you, you you need to stick to your strengths. So, Eric, you know, when, okay, so when, when you pick a winner of a boxing match, you don't need to pick the the method of decision or method of, uh, you know, right. TKO or whatever. You can just pick the winner. Yeah, although some often those winners are like minus eight hundred, minus a thousand. Boxing is so lopsided that there's it's so it's, bet the whole bankroll. I mean, that's <laughs> this is obviously the answer. You're right. You're right. There are some some pretty much sure things uh, that 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 I could go that route. But uh, but based on what the advice here is, basically, I should exclusively bet boxing this week, and Jeff should not bet should anything. Not bet. Is, <laughs> is, is what I'm taking from this. Yeah, and Jeff can Jeff can still throw in some some player prop bets. Just just uh, keep them no small. Same game parlays. No, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Let's see if let's see if he takes that to heart. By the way, I've I've opened up the uh, ESPN bet app, and they have they have a no price on you winning the Millie Maker, Jeff. So I'm going to bet uh, that. That's a that's probably a, a good bet. Yeah, I, you could put everything the whole bankroll, whole bankroll <laughs> on you not winning the Millie Maker. That's a good hedge because yeah. if you win it, you'll be happy. So that's it's true. okay. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right. Uh, this has been great uh, as always. Uh, thanks for joining us once again, Jack. He is at CapJack2000 on Twitter for now. Another 29-day hiatus could come at any time, but uh, but he's back. Follow him there. Go to unabated.com. Jack, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Thanks, guys. Two men. Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to Bagels and Locks shortly, but first, let's update our betting bankroll. And uh, it's only gotten worse since Captain Jack mm. heard our previous update. Um, <laughs> we had two old MLB Awards futures finally get graded. Spencer Strider did not win the Cy Young. We lost 100 bucks on that. And in perhaps a perfect encapsulation of our struggles in nailing futures bets, Andrew Painter did not win NL Rookie of the Year. No. He didn't get called up to the majors. He had Tommy John surgery. Um, we lost another 50 bucks on that. As for our new bets last week, we started... Yes, go ahead. I'd like to Martingale that into next year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, do, do we know if... Do we know if uh, I, I forget what the Tommy John recovery time is these I days. Don't, but, I don't know. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Just, we like, should get a discount if we want to place the bet next year. I think that right. would only be fair. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for our new bets last week, we we started off well with uh, Deontay Foreman scoring a touchdown in the Thursday night game, uh, and we won 75 bucks. But all downhill from there. Uh, Schultz, no TD, lost 50 bucks. Taysom Hill, no TD, lost 50 bucks. Three-leg touchdown parlay, obviously didn't win, lost 20 bucks. Three-leg first <laughs> touchdown parlay, mega obviously didn't win, we lost 10 bucks. Uh, at least we kept those small. Um, yeah. Your six-leg parlay on the Titans-Bucks game at a price oh, neither God. of us liked uh, yeah. went went just two for six. This was not the shootout you were looking for. No, it was not. Again, a small bet, only lost 25 bucks. Uh, my first half under in Packers Steelers didn't come in. Uh, both teams scored first half season highs, I believe. Uh, I blew $110 on that. And uh, I tried a three team tease and went just one for three and lost $75. So for the week, we lost another $415. <laughs> We're now down by $45.28. We also have $27.71 on hold in futures bets. And that leaves us with a mere $2,701 available to bet with this week. Uh, but. <laughs> Inspired by our coach, yeah. Captain Jack, we're going to begin to grind our way back starting right now. And you're up first, Jeff. Yep. A uh, little three-team teaser. 100, <laughs> oh. 100, 100 to win 160, but I'm not using totals. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, it's, just, it's an improvement. So Lions uh, minus one and a half over the Bears at home. Dolphins minus six and a half over the uh, uh, Raiders at home. Uh-huh. And uh, the Bills minus one against the Jets. Again, looks beautiful on paper, so, you know, take it from... That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Two-thirds of it look beautiful to me on paper. You don't like this, don't I like don't like the bill. I don't feel good about the bills in any situation right now. Yeah, I mean, This is just betting against Zach Wilson again. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, you know, I love... You didn't include any, uh, any, any totals. And you didn't that's even... Right. You didn't tease through zero, so... That's right. I did uh, it right. All right. Uh, well, we'll know next week if you did it right. Yes. Um, so there's a very good fight card on ESPN tonight. A rare Thursday night boxing. It's in Las Vegas, scheduled to take advantage of the F1 attention in town. A perfect card to bet and, and try to use my area of expertise, boxing, to get back on track. But I can't take Jack's advice with regard to how I'm going to bet these fights. There are two main fights. Uh, Shakur Stevenson of uh, Newark, New Jersey, in the main event against Edwin De Los Santos, and Emmanuel Navarrete against Robson Conceição. They're clearly building toward a big fight between Stevenson and Navarrete if they both win. Stevenson's like minus 1,200, minus 1,300 to win. Those are the prices I'm seeing on him. Navarrete is like minus 800. Stevenson in particular, I can't really see losing. He's 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 just he's a special boxer. He's like maybe his generation's Mayweather, but I'm just not willing to bet twelve hundred bucks to win a hundred or six hundred to win fifty or whatever. So I'm defying Jack's advice. I have a few bets. I do think they're good bets because I really strongly expect Stevenson to win by decision, not knockout. And I also feel strongly that Navarrete is more likely to win by decision than knockout. And I think there's a slight pricing inefficiency there. At FanDuel, Navarrete by decision is plus 134. Let's go 50 bucks to win 67 on that. And then let's parlay the two favorites by decision together. Navarrete by decision and Stevenson by decision pays plus 227. Let's bet 30 to win 68. And then lastly, I saw on ESPN bet uh, a high price on a prop. Stevenson to score two or more knockdowns of Delos Santos is plus 3,000. Shakur's not a big puncher, which is why the expectation is that he wins by decision. 
but Delos Santos has been dropped in the past. 30 to 1 on him going down twice is good value to me. So let's just sprinkle 10 bucks to win 300 on that. All right. Uh, I got another just basic bet here. John, John Mayer Gibbs, uh, Jameer Gibbs, over yes. 40 and a half rushing yards, uh, minus 110 to win 100. Uh, the Bears are very good against the run. I, I'm not going to take that away from them. But this line's too low. Gib, Gib, at worst, this is a split backfield when it comes to t- uh, you know, rushing touches between right. him and Montgomery. Uh, Gibbs is, you know, he's a spark plug. This just seems like too low a number to me. So there, there, that, that, there's your, there's your rationale. Okay. Uh, I, it makes sense. There's a little piece of me that's like, eh, let's go 55 to win 50 just because of our bankroll shrinking. But uh, yeah, then. Then, then we're guaranteed to win it and regret not betting our usual amount. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. All right, fine. Um, for my next bet, um, I have to be clear. I locked in this spread Wednesday when drawing up the outline for the pod. Uh, you can't actually find this anymore. But the bet is uh, starts with uh, Dolphins minus 11.5 at home against the Raiders. Uh, it actually opened at Miami minus 10, which was a gimme. Uh, correctly, the line moved. I still love it at 11.5. Um we know who these Dolphins are. They, they feast on bad teams, but can't beat good ones. Their six wins came against teams that are all under 500, but they lost to the Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills back when the Bills still had a few healthy players on defense. Uh, the Raiders, despite their 5-5 five and five record, are a bad team. Their five wins were against the Broncos, Packers, Patriots, Giants, and Jets. And other than the Giants game, all were decided by four points or fewer. I like Miami to blow them out. I am sure you do too, which is why you included them in the tease. So even though the line has actually now moved to as high as minus 13 and a half, it was locked in at minus 11 and a half with minus 114 juice. Um, But I have a plan to improve that juice ever so slightly. Here's where I'll take Jack's advice and probably misapply it uh, and add a sure thing parlay leg of Shakur Stevenson to win, regardless of method of victory. That turns this from minus 114 to plus 102. It's not much, but uh, Shakur Stevenson ain't losing tonight. So $100 to win 102 on this two-leg cross-sport parlay. All right. I, that seems reasonable to me. Um, here's my last bet for you. Uh-huh. Trey McBride, tight end, Cardinals. Anytime touchdown, plus 240 at Caesars. He's seeing uh, right now more usage than any other tight end in football. He's like first read like 46% of the time. Mm-hmm. Guy is like, he, he, he's our generation's Travis Kelsey. Uh, so yeah, give me anytime TD at plus 240. I'll be reasonable and just put 50 bucks on it. That seems like the right amount. Uh, but I, yeah, I like it. I, I happen to snag him in my in my season-long fantasy league like two weeks ago. No, I have Mark Andrews and just wanted a tight end for Mark Andrews by week. And so I snagged uh, McBride and God, I know people don't want to hear my fantasy stories, but just uh, just one of those things where now actually I'm I'm trading Andrews because I don't even yeah. think I need him anymore. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yep. Touchdown this week for McBride. Why not? I like it. I like All right. It. I'm finishing my bets this week with. Another attempt at some Moneyline underdog round-robin stupidity. Uh, Last time I tried this on the pod, I went one for five and lost everything. But I did one in real life last week and went three for five and turned a small profit. And really, I could have gone five for five and and, and won big. I had the Patriots and the Chargers, who both lost very winnable games. Uh, Then again, out of my three teams that won, two of them were coin flips. So anyway, uh, this week... Uh, I booked this early in the week at points bet where they have uh, different names for different round robins. And this one is called a Canadian Mm. uh, when you take every possible combination. So I'm doing the Canadian bet here. My five underdogs, all of them small dogs. They are the Bengals at the Ravens tonight 
the Steelers at the Browns, which I locked in at a pre-Watson News price, the Packers at home against the Chargers, the Vikings at the Broncos, and my Eagles at Roger Goodell's Chiefs. Um, my thinking, uh, not, not even a reaction to me calling them Roger Goodell's Chiefs, huh? Oh, well, yeah, no, I'm not, because I guess you're right. They kind of are, but go yeah. ahead. All right, sorry. I, I, I was really fishing for a I, chuckle to, there. To be but... fair, I'm sorry. I know you're fishing for a chuckle. I was like, I, but I was... What I, what you were only, you were only half paying attention while muted. Is it something no, like that? No, I'm not muted. I was reading while you're talking. I'm reading these picks, thinking I like all of these games. Okay, Every all right. So, okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. That's a good reason not to chuckle. So here's my thinking: uh, AFC North rivalry games. The underdog is always live, and the game's always close. So, so you know why not on the Bengals and Steelers? I'm not betting on the Packers. I'm betting against the Chargers. Yep. Hundred percent agree with that. Uh, Josh Dobbs is unstoppable, and and I expect they're getting Justin Jefferson back. So, in a battle of so-so teams that are on hot streaks, I will take plus money on the Vikings against the Broncos, and just hope it's the Broncos whose luck runs out. And Eagles Chiefs, look, they've both looked mediocre with great frequency this year, despite their excellent records. This game really could go either way. The Eagles have slightly superior talent to my eyes. Um, Taylor Swift is really an Eagles fan at heart, so. If the refs allow it, the Eagles should win this. Um, this is a stupid, irresponsible way to wager, but I will be moderately responsible. And instead of betting $5 per leg and risking $130 like last time, I'm going with just $3 per and risking 78 All right. So like $5 Canadian. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about the conversion rates, but yeah, Don't know what it is that either. could be right. I, I hope that's exactly what it is. All right. Uh, now it's time for bagels and locks. Uh, we uh, exposed ourselves as squares last week, or maybe re-exposed ourselves, I should say. Uh, yes, uh, I went with an under in Texans Bengals and it was over. You went with an over in Bucks Titans and it was under. We both slipped to five and three. Still good records, but we're, we're not quite living up to the locks description. Six and three, however, that would indicate sharpness. So uh, let's see if we can get there. What's your lock, Jeff? Well, it's interesting. You mentioned the Eagles and Chiefs, how they both look semi-mediocre this year. I, I don't feel like they've looked mediocre. as much. They remind me more of, like, seasoned heavyweights, just, like, letting, like, everyone punch at them before they, like, decide to, like, end things in the eighth round. Okay. You know what I'm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, with that in mind, my lock of the week is the over 45 and a half in this game. I mean, if this game was being played last year, this number would be 55 and a half. You know, yeah, you're probably right. Be, or like 52 and a half. Yeah, years. I wonder now what was the what was the points total on the Super Bowl even? I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I'm sure know. it was over 45 and a half. Yes. It, it had but to I have think, been like upper 40s, low 50s at least. Yeah, I think this number is a is a is a, you know, a mirror look because of that. They've both been semi mediocre. Right. And as well as like, you know, totals just being low everywhere. This, you know, this is I don't want to say it's a meaningless game. Obviously, it's, it's an important game. Yeah. But. All games are important in the NFL, but it, I, I could see this game. I could see the players just wanting to have fun with this mm. game as well. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is the rematch of the Super Bowl. It's Monday night. It's Swift. It's Kelsey. It's Mahomes. It's Hurts. I, you know, I, it's AJ Brown. I just feel like this game. We deserve we deserve a 52-49 game. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we do indeed. Oh boy, man! Now now you got me thinking about doing something stupid like betting it points betting style at points bet, and then it's going to end up like 13-10. <laughs> <laughs> but uh maybe maybe instead i'll just use one of my espn bet bonus bets on the over and yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that i like that that's a good lock all right uh here's mine i already talked about the dolphins uh they were a lock and they were gonna be my pick but but the line has gotten too high 12 and a half 13 and a half not quite a lock anymore um i actually bet the steelers 
a week ago on the look ahead line at plus four and a half. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so that's great. And I would have still called that a lock at plus three and a half. I was going to go with that, but now it's down to plus one after the Watson news. Um, so the locks that I thought I was considering yesterday are out. Here's my new lock. 49ers minus 11 and a half at home against the Bucks. Uh, this line actually moved also, but only from 10 and a half to 11 and a half. I can live with that. The Niners had their little three game swoon. Now they're healthy and, and looking absolutely frightening again. Debo Samuel being back makes a huge difference. And, you know, Tampa, they're fine, right? They're they're better than we expected coming into the season. They're what about the 20th best team in the NFL? I see them getting walloped in San Francisco, almost as bad as the Jaguars did last week. It's a mismatch. It should be a two-touchdown spread. I don't see how they keep this close. Give me the Niners, minus 11.5 as my lock, now that all the other lock lines have shifted a bit too much for my taste. All right. I like it. All right, and that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening, and thanks again to this week's guest, Captain Jack Andrews. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein, and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling, and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. I'm bored now. Um, you know. <laughs> Addicts is launched, ESPN bet launched, and now, I mean, what do we got? I got to wait for the next big thing in the online sportsbook world. I mean, California 2024, that's like DOA, right? Florida is looks looking like it's going to be a one-horse town with hard rock. Uh, you know, Texas, it's a wazzy, it's a woozy, it's a fleazy, it's a floozy, it's, it's not happening. So what's the next big thing? You know, I, I honestly, I, I don't know what the next big thing is, but the one thing I do know is that this industry is still in its infancy, and whatever happens next, and something will happen that will shock us all. I'm confident sure. it's going to get our tongues wagging, you know, and, and here, this isn't like a prediction as much as it's a thought. Okay. ESPN bet. Let's, you know, you hear ESPN bet. You even hear pen entertainment. What's the one word you don't really hear surrounding all this Disney. You don't really hear mm. Disney anymore about it. Right. But di- this is Disney like involved in this now. So you think the Googles and the Amazons and the Microsoft aren't like their ears aren't perked up a little bit seeing that Disney's involved here. I think some big players are going to start gearing up to gamble on. That's what I think. I think we're going to see, before this is all over, the Googles, the Amazons, the Microsoft, they're going to dip their toes in this in a big way, probably making a big purchase and seeing what they can do with it. I think that might be the next big story in this industry. Until then, we'll all have to wait and 